Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys go over what it looks like to purchase property as an unmarried couple or friends looking to go in on a property, all while enjoying Jefferson's Small Batch Bourbon. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, brought to you by Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective, and Fathom Realty on YouTube. As always, my name is Charlie Sardelli, and today I am here with... Jameson Amros, which is a change for all of you people watching. <laughs> and Oscar Ibarra, welcome you to the show. That's right. Well, I like that, Oscar. I like that. <laughs> Welcoming you back. Welcoming you back. And guys, remember, we're a podcast that we talk about real estate, we enjoy bourbon, and we come to you guys with audio every Friday and video on YouTube every uh, Monday to Wednesday. And we're not only this podcast, we have community spotlight videos, we have new build home tours. So check out the channel, leave Tips us a comment and, and a like. Tips, tricks, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, if you want it, there's a video on there if you want to buy uh, a house with, with marijuana, because, you know, we live out here in, in Colorado, and if you live in the industry, you could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true. I was, uh, <laughs> total side note, we were uh, flying to, uh, no, flying from Austin, Texas, and we were going through the security line, mm-hmm. and this lady and her daughter behind us were just loud, like just unnecessarily loud. And they were talking about different places they wanted to go. And the daughter was like, yeah, I'd really love to go to Colorado. And the daughter, when I say daughter, like it was a mom and daughter, like she was probably like 35. Yeah. The daughter was like mm-hmm. 60 or the mother was 60. And the mother goes, why? Why would you want to move to Colorado? Or why would you want to visit Colorado just to smoke reefer? That's what everybody <laughs> And I like look back and I'm like, mm, I just, I wish I could say yep. something right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, to smoke note, the reefer. If you haven't, if you haven't been to Colorado and seen the beauty that is the state of Colorado, the Rocky Mountains, and even the, even the meadows out east is gorgeous. So it, it's not just all people smoking weed and getting high, guys. It's, it's a very small portion of the population. But and we don't call it reefer here. Yeah. <laughs> and no. it goes towards schools. So. Schools and yeah. roads and, and all that kind of stuff. The people that are smoking the reefers are Range, funding our schools. And automobiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's still federally illegal here. Littering so. and smoking the reefer. The reefer. The devil's lettuce. The, the the gateway. Yep. The 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 the, the green the broccoli as some kids call it. The broccoli. But ever we don't we don't that. review Easy that. little yachty. <laughs> we, we don't review that on this podcast. What we review could be a fun episode. Is, could be a fun episode. <laughs> do a little pairing. Um, like, no, sorry, I will be absent for that episode. <laughs> what, I, what were we talking do, about? I do not smoke weed where, and where you do we not want to see me on I'll forget where I am. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or I'll be in the closet. I was, I'd probably I go to sleep. Like, you give me a good gummy and I'm just. He'd be holding the guitar behind him, just like, yeah, I'm playing, yeah. man. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, music I'll be so out of it. <laughs> well, guys, I see as like, a, like I said earlier, we don't just talk about real estate on this podcast. We review bourbon, and now we're on episode 40, 41. 40, 41. Forty-one. Wow. This is episode 41. So at this point, we have had 41 different Yeah, we bourbons. need to do something special. We're, we're creeping on. 50. Yeah. 50 will do Creeping something on the special. 50. We need to do yep. something cool special. Yeah, I think. I think Like out so, of the box special. I like it. Somebody get a hold of some grandpappy. Ooh. Some reefer. Ooh, ooh. Some pappy. Some pappy Van Winkle. Um, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about something special. Like, yeah. like a tasting test? Somewhere or else or do some oh, record oh, yeah, we'll go to a something different. Or something. Yeah. 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 That would be cool. I mean, I mean, obviously get a good bottle, but yeah. do something you know, out of the box. Absolutely. I mean, we might move location as it is, but. Maybe we go set up in. In Denver and try somewhere and try and sneak some sips while we're talking about it. Well, that, right? I mean, the Mile High Spirits. Yeah. Did you guys see the Rick House? Oh, no. yeah, true. We oh, can still do it in there. We just got to deal with the homeless encampment. Yeah. Well, uh, right. well, they're trying know, we'll, to deal with that already, right? We'll pack all this stuff up. We'll Uber it down there. 
Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. No, I just feel like it would be very, uh, ooh, as we talk about real estate and owning a home. <laughs> oh, well, no. <laughs> I mean, if, like, if you, these guys know what's all If you really want to get crazy, maybe we just do it in one of the homeless encampments. Yeah, exactly. Boom. And you know, you know what? Who has what the biggest tent up here? Yeah. <laughs> how are interest rates dealing? Yeah. How, how is not it working well, for you right well, now? REI tent looks very payment? comfortable. Yeah. Um, but it looks very affordable. Today's episode, I've honestly never even seen or heard of this bourbon. I do like the bottle uh, specifically because it's like a like a see-through kind of thing with with Jefferson on the back. But today's bourbon that we're trying is Jefferson's small batch. Yep. And um, very this, small batch. Very small batch. And this is um, Jefferson has, I think, if I'm right, over four different bourbons. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that kind of, if you heard Jefferson's, one thing that you might know of. Jefferson Ocean. Is Jefferson Ocean. Yep. Aged at sea. Yep. Yes. And that is the, the one that they basically take the barrels out to sea. Put, them in, the, put them in the bow of a ship. And, and they ship they, them out. They ship for, them I think, out, a year or two? Will, eight years. Eight years. They that will boats out there for eight years? For eight years. That's Jesus, water. that sounds yep. kind of ridiculous. They go all around the world, and then you can... It's cool, and sorry, we're like hyping up something we're not drinking today, but... It's different. Yeah, every bottle that they have mm-hmm. of the Jefferson Ocean Aged at Sea has a serial number with the barrel that it came from. So you can then go on their website, you can put that serial number for the barrel in, and it will give you an interactive map of where that barrel has been around the world over that eight year mm-hmm. of its lifetime. Well, and then I also, that little booklet that's on the front of the front of the bottle there, it has some pretty cool information on it, but they actually, one note that they had about this uh, small batch was that it's, it's like partly charred, it's mm-hmm. not fully charred. And Correct. the reason that they do that is because they want more of the notes from the uh, the bourbon and other flavors to come out rather than just the wood. Correct. Yes. So I mean, I, I'm interested yeah, in their their whole shtick with any of their bourbons is they like to experiment with the barrel process nice. more so than a lot of different people, and they do it in really super unique ways. And they've been around since 1997, okay. but their lineage goes back to 1799. Oh yeah, the story on this one is pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> so, um, and I'll, I'll pull it up just so I don't... I'll go ahead it. and pour it so we can yeah. let it sit. So it goes back to 1799. And essentially, um, Trey Zoller is one of the master distillers and founder. Um, his eighth generation grandmother was around in 1799 and got arrested for what they deemed production and sales of spirituous liquors. So essentially, she was drug running some bourbon. She was uh, back selling in the, the reefer back, <laughs> back in talk the eighteen hundreds. Talk about a matriarch. Yep. You know, <laughs> in the eighteen hundreds, and that's where that lineage went went Thank through, um, all the way back to seventeen ninety nine, which is super cool to me. Like, so just where to does have that kind of story. The, the Jefferson name come from? Uh, you know, I think it's because back then that's he was still very much around uh, in politics. <laughs> he was still kicking and doing the, that. Uh, the he was the one partaking in the reefer. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, they. Uh, uh, yeah, so here's, this is the, the I'm just going to kick it back to Oceans. I was going to buy Oceans. Yeah. Age, I just couldn't find it. So they use a boat specifically called O-Search. Okay. Okay. So O-Search is a globally recognized nonprofit, and they are dedicated to studying and tracking keystone marine species like great white sharks, tiger, great white sharks, tiger sharks, humpback whales, orcas, etc. Mm-hmm. So they just follow them throughout their migratory patterns, yeah. but they're out for sea for so long that it was the perfect partnership to then give them these barrels oh, and nice. store. So not only are they aging and they have some really cool play between like, you know, obviously the humidity, the salt water yep. and 
like in a rickhouse, barrels just sit static, right? Mm-hmm. The liquor sits static. Whereas in a boat, it's obviously rocking back and forth, and they wanted to see what that would do. Well, I'm to even the excited. Taste. To well, then you got you got the salt water and and yeah. you know the different. I think the climate or the weather is a lot more prevalent yeah. out mm-hmm. to sea. So I mean, the rickhouse still has a seasonality, right? Yeah. You know, and and, and it expands and contrasts the barrel and does all that, and then that happens to you know the the spirits. Uh, evaporate whatever the case may be out to sea i'm sure that's just elevated mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah well elevate and then you have that extra that extra salt and swashing around you know yeah, that, that, that does well remember and i didn't bring it again that the aerator yeah the little, yeah, the aerator little thing. thing maybe that's what we'll do for for something special yeah so they no come their, on their today's air. episode something special <laughs> hey it'll be a little addition happy 50th <laughs> they uh they're like i said their whole thing is experimenting different plays with the wood and the barrels and whatnot yeah. So their distillery is the Kentucky Artesian Distillery. That's the home of it, and mm-hmm. that's where they do. I mean, they've do, done barrel aged Manhattans, which they pre make the Manhattan barrel age it, interesting, and then hmm. do it as a as a ready pour. Uh, rum cask finishes, wine finishes, and wood experiments all are done. So when they say very small batch, it's because they are constantly experimenting with this bourbon, mm-hmm. and every time they come out with something, they're never the next experiment is going to be different. So you're not going to find this very small batch in the next bottle. It'll taste nice. slightly different. And you know, so. what's, you know what I like about this, though? I said I read the little booklet earlier. It says that it mentions notes, but it doesn't mention any notes. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like when, when the bourbons do that and the whiskeys do that because you're not, it, it, you're not pigeonholed. You're not you know, blinded into doesn't expecting. doesn't steer you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is their small batch. Does it say how long it was aged? Um, I am looking at that right now. And you know, I just, I've never, I, I think I've had it, but that's no, it how big of an impact. Four hand selected whiskeys, um, flavors vanilla, peach, toffee, finished, delicate, and warm with. Hey, we don't want to know the honey. notes. <laughs> and then nose, nose is uh, on your face. Yep. <laughs> I got your nose. Right, I'm going to go ahead. Um, no, I mean, Jefferson, it. I've never purchased myself. I, I wanted to purchase the ocean because of the hype, and then I was like, ah, Dude, so much hype. I don't know. It's so good. Yeah, and it's now, one of my favorite I mean, I, this is going to be our first sip from what I remember of Jefferson. So hopefully yeah. it sells me. If not, Jefferson, hey, send me some stuff. Send I me will say for, for a small batch, just on the nose, and maybe this is just we're getting, we're getting used to this stuff, but. Yeah, so it's, the, the age is a little bit different because, because it's a very small batch. It's yeah. four different ages of barrels combined. That, that they blend? Is, yeah, right. okay. Yep. Exactly. I mean, just the. The burn on the nose isn't too bad. It's there, but I... What's I'm, the proof? Uh, it's 41 and a half ABV. Okay. So 92. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's So good. it should be pretty damn drinkable. I'm definitely getting some of the sweeter tones through through the nose. Mm-hmm. Not, not a little bit spice. of like citrusy yeah. thing. Like I'm getting... But I get a lot of like sugar. It's got a little... Yeah, I, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. It's more... It, it's I was going to say sugar. Acidic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more acidic for like that citrus. More, more of a, a sweet, sweet smell, not like a sweet fruity. Yeah, if that makes sense. The color's nice too. I was gonna I say, mean, and for for the combination for of yeah. four different, yeah, the this is nice. this is pretty pretty clean. That's even the no color particulates. But also makes sense because they don't char the barrels as long. Correct. Yes. So and it's definitely gonna be a little. I mean, light. we know that it's a it's a decent bottle, but if yeah. if I get something like this, that's not. I don't know that if it's a good or a bad bottle, I'm, I'm going to go towards a, eh, and we'll see what it tastes like. Yeah. Because again, the process of maybe not charring it full, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, gets it this color. Yeah. Um, most young bourbons or bourbons that are not high quality, they need to hurry up and 
put them out on market and they're lighter and because mm-hmm. they don't age as long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get this first sip in. Cheers. Cheers, boys. boys. Cheers. Episode 41. 41. Oh, cheers, Jefferson. Mr. <laughs> oh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Actually, it's not Mr. Jefferson. Heard just, a great, uh, it's like they use Nike. Is that ancient, like? It's called Ancient Ones about Jefferson and Madison yeah. and their relationship. Ooh. Super interesting. Okay. Anyway. Hmm. All right. Now we went history. What the? <laughs> okay. Hmm. I, I mean, just not. <laughs> it's mm. smooth. The mm-hmm. the alcohol doesn't hit you, but it's just, all right off the bat. It, it seems a little bit plain. Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of like um. I want to say an unripe peach or yeah, plum. Yeah. Kind of sour. Kind of lingers like a kind of fish. I've fr- never, I'm going to be honest, I've never, out of all the 41 bourbons, this one is smooth on the tongue. Like at first sip, mm-hmm. you get a smoothness. Very clean. It. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it makes sense for the color. Yeah. But definitely for to, for combining four barrels, I the complexity is not there like I thought it was. Yeah. It's very light, but mm-hmm. it, it lingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps switching on me. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a... Everlasting Gobstoppers and yeah, yeah. Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka just like changing. okay, now it's the hmm. now it's this flavor, now it's this flavor. I'd I be want, interested. I, it almost steers into the Willet realm, mm-hmm. but comes right back. Yeah, almost. Yeah, almost a little yeah. earthy, little little. No funky, little earthy. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm. It's just odd. It's not bad. No, at it's all. Diff- it's just, yeah, it's just different. Very different. I mean, we'll just see as, as we go. Like, yeah. It's definitely not bad. It's just. I'm curious to see how it opens up. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm more of a darker, yeah, richer, same, complex same. bourbon drinker. I'm, this isn't okay. bad. Well, and you won't. There's a little bit of the spice. In you guys will, okay. uh, you'll, you'll. The price will make sense too. Mm. Okay, okay. Th- yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you guys a price. It closer to the or ra- will it make sense? Ooh. Is it closer oh. to the <laughs> stay brown bag? <laughs> brown bag. I don't know. I don't know. Stay right. tuned. Mm. Um, stay tuned to find out. Right. <laughs> so, was it eight dollars or was it eighty? Who knows? Whoa, if it was $8, this is damn good. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a whole case. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, like right off the bat, I would, I would be fearful mm. of, I mean, I know we do our rock rating based on how many rocks. I'd be fearful of putting a drop of water or something uh-huh. into this. Yeah. Not because of the, 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 the flavor and how good the bourbon is, but because I feel like it would decompose what flavor is there. Yeah, I think the opposite is if you make a really good cocktail with it, mm-hmm. because it needs a little bit of something. Exactly. Like this, I think this would be a great Manhattan, a great Manhattan or old yes. fashioned. Yep. For sure. But we'll talk about that at the end as we yeah. let it open up. I would probably say Manhattan better. Yeah. I think Manhattan better too. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't need the ice. True. And True. It, it it'll it'll change the flavor profile with um, yeah the vermouth in there. Vermouth. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe well, a little aeration, a little Manhattan. Ooh. Yeah, because the old fashioned, you just got the bitters. <laughs> yeah. And that's just going to enhance the citrusy it's going towards. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Be interesting. We'll see. Um, so on today's episode, guys, the topic that we want to cover relationships. Yeah, right. <laughs> Should you get in one? Bum, and are bum, they good? Four. Home purchase. Four. Red married flags. relationships. Well, in, in all reality, guys, you know, with, with the way that interest rates are and obviously Let's the do home an update, prices, actually, just yeah. so you guys know where we're at. Because yeah. right now, you usually put those out on Fridays, mm-hmm. right? So today's Wednesday. The fifth, fifth, fourth, fourth, fourth. Mm-hmm. Wednesday the fourth, October fourth. If you watch video, it'll be out Monday, Tuesday, which is the seventh or the eighth. Right now, so we talk about the treasury bonds and the yield, right? Yep. And there's always a gap between mm-hmm. where it's at. It's usually about three and a half percent. 
between where the treasury bond is and where mortgage rates are at. When I looked at treasury bonds yesterday, it was 4.96. So to figure out what mortgage rate should be, you add three to three and a half percent, puts you at 7.9. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's a raw number, right? 7.9%. Mm-hmm. We are, our par rate right now for a lot of lenders is an 8.125. Ooh, it's crazy. Okay? So I just had a client go on a contract. This Not my week. lenders. Call me. Well, no, <laughs> they do. It's yeah. just points. Um, mm-hmm. And chaffer rates went up too. Yep. We, I mean, we lost I seven, think it was seven, three, on, two, five, I think on, is what Chaffa, Chaffa is right now. I think which it was is the yesterday. We lost down payment assistant. 30 plus points in a day. Yeah. If you look at the MBS chart, the mortgage backed mm-hmm. security chart over the last six months, it just looks like a really nice roller coaster ride <laughs> that never hits the bottom. <laughs> it just ends. keeps going down. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, but what, like a couple of the lenders that, that, that I use, have, we've shopped a little bit. It's costing to get to a seven, six, two, five right now. It's mm-hmm. costing about a point, point and a quarter, mm-hmm. which is. One percent of whatever the loan is. So it's six hundred thousand dollar loan. You're looking at sixty six five hundred to seven thousand dollars just to get to a seven point six two five. So the reason we're talking about this, I just wanted to give you guys context of why this is, I think, going to continue to be uh, a trend mm-hmm. because as housing prices, they're not accelerating like they did a year ago, mm-hmm. but they're still up. We're at one point five percent, two percent on average. Mm-hmm. Um, mortgage rates aren't going down. The Fed has made it very clear that they they want to keep it higher for longer. Yep. Uh, to bring that inflation down to their two percent goal. So I think the topic today that Charlie's going to introduce Dan and there at it 2 is. PM. There no. This is the hello everybody. You're with us during the national test alert that the federal government is doing to test the national. Uh, is my phone not on Do Not Disturb? I I think your yeah. phone's on Do Not Disturb because yeah. mine didn't make. Any sound. So mine yeah. is not on do not disturb. It, it should be, it not. Should be good then. Oh, oh, there it goes. Boom. It's a little different. <laughs> Boom. Jeez. <laughs> so you guys are with us for Not that. only my phone, but and my watch. It, Take it easy. Right? <laughs> Take it easy. It's funny. It just came through on my on my phone oh, in, my, yeah. in my pocket. But So that that's the that's the warning light for mortgage rates. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect uh, timing. Perfect he timing. Know it's like, hey, they're bad. We should lock. Anyway, right. I think it's going to be a big topic going into this next mm-hmm. year. I don't think it's going to change. Um, I still wages are increasing, but I don't think they're increasing any fast enough pace to keep up with home costs. Historically, they never have. Yeah. Well, and they're now like we're looking at it now year over year, six, seven, eight percent on average versus three percent. And inflation has gone down, but home prices have just. Yeah. And again, we've said it multiple times on multiple episodes. The the defin the definition of perfect storm yeah. is exactly where we're at right yeah. now. All all these factors that could line up to create a situation have lined up. Yes. And now we are here. Yeah. Right. And the reason that we you know we we touched on interest rates and home prices is because a lot of people are having to do different things and come up with creative ways to get into a home. And what we're finding is as you know, our, our culture here in, in the United States shifts and we see more young couples living with each other, whether mm-hmm. it be apartments or moving into homes, what a uh, statistic that we saw was that at this point in time, 18% of new home buyers are now unmarried couples. And that is up from 4% in 1985. Or is it just a fact that people are just aren't getting married? Well, I mean, that but that's too. also the that thing. Too. That's you a know, factor, and, right? And, yep. Right. That's a factor for sure. Mm-hmm. But the whole, you know, and that's what I mean by the change in culture, right? right? Because at this point in time, I feel like we're shifting to such a such an individualistic view, especially when it comes to finances, mm-hmm. because as much as people in the government may not want to admit it, you know, silent silent depression, silent recession, whatever you want to call it, you're having to to look at your money a little bit more, right? Well, and and that's a that's a interesting point of view mm-hmm. because I think 
when they when they were keeping the interest rates high, they were hoping they tanked something. Yes. And um, they didn't. Mm-mm. And the we, only thing people they broke kept, was our spirits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and the, I think, 100%. To your point, Oscar, I think something that adds to that, too, is that they're, they're, the, the housing market across the United States is not copy-paste Mm-mm. right now. I mean, I went, like I said, I went back to North Carolina in, in the middle of September, and I'm talking with friends about home prices and availability and inventory, and I just looked at, looked at my buddy, and I was like, I wish I was a realtor in North Carolina right now compared to how it is in Colorado. Yeah, I don't think there's some states that we don't, they don't write contracts. Mm-hmm. They don't. They just show property. Yep. And they get paid the same. Yep. Um, with that said, you can't compare Colorado to Montana mm-hmm. or North Carolina. Uh, there's m- multiple reasons why taxes being one i mean you, uh, home prices in texas are half of what they are mm-hmm. here you get a mansion in texas for three hundred fifty thousand, but your taxes holy crap mm-hmm. they're like fifteen thousand a year mm-hmm. yep those never go down mm-hmm. you know so there's multiple reasons why the markets are different in different states we won't get into that we can't compare their very state to not state. Not apples to apples. Exactly. No, it, absolutely not. Exactly. Especially but, now. With, but, we talked about it before, but with the migration of being able to work from anywhere, yeah, exactly. it's affected it even more. Absolutely. But what we can track is the change in culture. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the goal today is to just kind of go through, because when we say 18%, mm-hmm. obviously the first thing people are going to say is, well, it's not very much. Yeah. It's not, but it is the highest it's ever. percentage it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It's very high compared to where it was. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. 4% you know? to 18%. Yeah. That's and I a lot. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of you know, uh, fear in if you're with a significant other mm-hmm. and you, are, you guys are like, well, we're renting, right? And I think we got a good dynamic because you live with your significant other, yep. but you guys are renting at $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Oscar and I live with our spouses. I moved into my house the week after Caitlin and I got married. Um, but in the beginning we weren't both on the loan. Like, so what we want to do is, is kind of walk through the hurdles that, that you guys need to be careful of the difference between renting with a significant other versus buying a house and what that means is title. Mm -hmm. If you guys go your separate ways, it's not like getting a divorce because you're not married. So who owes what? Um, and then maybe some of the, some of the reasons why we're seeing this upward trend of, of unmarried couples going in together. And I I would say it's funny because it says unmarried couples. I'm also seeing uh, an increase in like, you know, if you and I were just two yeah, single no, dudes, absolutely. go and say, let's yeah. just go buy a house or let's go buy yeah. a duplex and rent out the other side. Like mm-hmm. there are people are getting creative for certain reasons. So we want to go through what that looks like yeah. from a real estate standpoint mm-hmm. so that you guys can ask the right questions to your significant other. If you guys are making this kind of massive commitment. Yes. Um, so that we and can. Yeah, yes, it's mistakes. a massive commitment, but so is renting together. Right. You're on the you're on the you're on the hook for the lease. Both. Mm hmm. So we're going to talk about what unbiased, what it looks like, um, what the ramifications are, and what our personal opinion is. Um, we just took a topic, and we're just going to, you know, give yeah. our personal opinion on on a lot of that stuff. But the the ins and outs of how it works doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Your opinion does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and so the first thing that we want to touch on, obviously, and Jameson kind of, you know, poked it a little bit um, with what he was just saying. But obviously, the biggest consideration when looking to, to buy a place with a significant other is the, the finances, mm-hmm. right? How do, you, how do you kind of plan for that? And a lot of the time when people are married, getting a divorce is such a standard procedure that assets are split. You have these things, you know, all these things pre-written out or understood in a way with your lawyer. Um, whereas an unmarried couple, 
you don't really have as many protections mm -hmm. as you would having that certificate that says you're married. So that's something that I, I think, you know, we we should talk about well, and make them aware of. Even with the marriage certificate, if your significant other isn't on the loan, she's still going to have to go through pro or, um, yeah, probate, probate. Yeah. And, uh, and, and fight that, hey, this was my husband. I, I'm entitled to the house. And then all the other ramifications come on board. Mm -hmm. I bought the house with just my income, my name, my everything. And I don't want to leave my wife high and dry or have, an, have her go through all that crap, yep. you know, because a lot of people, and I still haven't done it, make a living will. The best way to do it is I quit claimed her on. Mm -hmm. So now she's on title and she's owner of the home. All right. So I'll slow you, so I'll slow you down a little bit. Um, and, and what Oscar is talking about right now is title. Basically, how are your names written on the ownership of that property? Well, before we go into that, let me ask you one thing. Um, and I'm curious and I'm sure the folks are curious. What what does that look like? Unmarried couples? I mean, how mm -hmm. many years uh, before they even pop the question or don't yeah. they, they just don't? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I will tell you, for, for us right now, we've been together for two years, right? And we've been living together since, since March of 2023. And I'll tell you, it was a perfect example, right? This was not something that we sat down and talked about. So you've been together from, from March 2023? Living together. Oh, living together. Living together, yeah. And together um, for how long? Two years. Two years. So two years. on your third year, you said, hey, let's... No, no, no. Uh, this was in the middle of our of our second, second year. year. On the second year. Yeah. Okay. And so, but to your point, you know, and what Jameson said earlier, as far as options go, mm -hmm. my my buddy who I'd been living with at the time had just, got, you know, he's doing phenomenal with his jobs. He 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 moved up, and he has the opportunity to live by himself. So we had that conversation, and he said, "Hey, man, I really want to try this, right?" And first thing I went to is, "Oh shit," you know, like I'm happy for you, but I just went from paying a thousand dollars, eleven thousand a year to paying $2,000 a month for this rent, $24,000 a year, what am I gonna do? And you know, where I love my girlfriend and I, and I wanted to live with her and experience it, do I feel like we were forced into the situation a little bit early because of finances? Absolutely. Did she? Yeah. She, but, she felt that too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and or, it's- Or is it just you? No, no, it was both of us because at the same time it, sure? it went into, I'm sure. <laughs> we gotta have I'm her sure. on the show. <laughs> I, wanna see, I wanna hear her right? perspective. Because well, Charlie's well, like, I didn't really wanna do it. And she's no. like, I told him like, <laughs> Well, no. And, Date and, number four. You know what? Let's just point, go for it. Society changing, right? I grew up very, 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 you know, traditional. Like my grandma told her that, you know, we were moving in together and you could hear it in her voice. Oh, really? Hmm. Kind of a thing. And, and so for me, it was more so that traditional aspect rather than actually living together because me and her are like the same person. Like we, we do the same things. We enjoy the same thing. So I wasn't worried about that. But it was almost as if I went either I'm going to have to get a one one and I'm still going to be paying $1,500 a month, or we do this thing, and we, and we start going, you know, we go in together. But that gave both of us a peace of mind because she was even renting by herself beforehand. $400 dictated your freedom? <laughs> yeah, but... Man! I mean, square, kept the square I mean, I've footage. been married for quite some time. I mean, $400, I'd be like, what, freedom? Yeah. yeah. No. I'm just kidding. I love my wife. No. It's all good. And, but and see, that's kids. the thing, too. And, and also, like, I can admit it. I, I enjoy having the other person there. I don't think that I, I could live alone paying that amount. It sucks. Right? I lived alone for a long yeah. time yeah. before I got married. And so, but that's just a great example to Oscar's point of it's situational, right? It and is. yeah, although we are renting together and living together, we still have to talk, have these conversations about finances and go, okay, well, and I still feel weird because I'm the one, everything, you know, payments mm -hmm. to make it easy. I make all the payments and then we, she Venmo's me, all that kind of stuff. But it still feels weird to me mm -hmm. to send her a Venmo request and say, all right, here are all the utilities. Here's the money request for it. Because it, it, it's just one of the, we live together. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick and ask you for money, but 
that's how it goes, right? But then also, you know, we're not we're not married, so it's hard. We can't we can't really create a joint bank account and have it seriously set up with plans in place and stuff like that. So now we're both separately looking at our incomes and still separately going, okay, I make this much, you make this much, I can manage this, you can manage this, this is this good? Let's do it, right? And so even now, as we gear up and we're looking into to buying a home, as I'm a you know real estate agent starting the videography company, all of that, if we were to apply right now, I can't hold up my side. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't add any value. Yeah, my credit's good, but I don't have any income to show. She right now is the, the, the steady solid income breadwinner of the relationship. And that's something I had to deal with a little bit mentally, but that's what we're seeing, right? Is a lot of the time you have to think separately in order to come together to make those decisions. And I'm even, even having the conversation, right? You know, unmarried couple Mm -hmm. having the conversation, what we, what we're going for, I'm having to tell her, Hey, based on this market, you might have to make some compromises. We ha- might have to live in Aurora. I know you don't like it, but hey, whoa, 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 whoa! We- <laughs> don't be bashing Aurora. It's good, but she has. I you mean, know, she be- grew up here, Beacon Point. I mean, that's she- awesome. She grew up here. She's got some memories and places, right? And oh yeah, she- some places. Great place off be. Colfax, right? No, that's North Aurora. <laughs> but- talking about South Aurora. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't bash North Aurora. <laughs> I am bashing North Aurora. They're on the news. Every I'm just kidding. Well, Charlie, I think you make you make a good point, and I think it's something that that we should define, right? Because Oscar talked about title. Mm-hmm. You're talking about finances and, and yeah, you're coalesces. sweating bullets right now <laughs> yeah. well no but it coalesces into i think what's a very important question for people that are about to embark on this journey in your scenario mm-hmm. okay let's say that uh alicia did make enough money to qualify for whatever home purchase she wanted yep. and you could not contribute and oscar touched on it when you talk about title and you talk about a mortgage they're two different entities Absolutely. that allow ownership of the house and yes. the difference is people will make the mistake thinking that both of us have to be on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you're both on title. Mm-hmm. Well, and th- there's, but, there's a, a couple of side notes on that. Correct. And, and we'll, that, we'll get to that here in a second. Let's get to that. But what the important piece is, the only person that can go on title that has physical ownership of the house is the individual or individuals that are on the loan itself. Uh, primarily. That, primarily. I was going to say, repeat that again. Just a little bit. Slower. So whoever is on title is going to be who is on and taking the loan application themselves. When you close. When you close. And it's uh, it depends on the bank too. And, and and it goes back to married or unmarried. Mm-hmm. If you're married, the bank will sometimes consider your spouse with a no income but credit pool and they'll, they'll force them to be on title. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I wanted to touch on is, so uh, people are quick to go on a lease, right? And a lease is different, right? You're just... You have to pay the lease. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you guys are both on the hook, and it's about a year, right? When it comes to a mortgage, you have more options. Mm-hmm. How you're going to take title, mm-hmm. there's two big ones. Um, how Who's going to be on the loan? Mm-hmm. So if, if let's say that your girlfriend is says, okay, we'll buy a house. We'll put everything. I'll, I'll be on the loan, and then I'll put you on, on, the, yep. on the title. Well, you have ownership of the home. And depending on how you took title, that's going to dictate how, you know, moving forward. But she's the only one on the hook for the finance. For the mortgage. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you're like right now, I, I, I my, my wife's a stay at home mom and, um, you know, she's on, on, on title, but I'm the only one that's going to get hit if I don't pay. Mm-hmm. Obviously we are married. So then all that comes into play and it's on her too. But when it's, you're talking about someone going into a mortgage, um, there's a lot more options than just a lease. 
Yeah. And you should you should very much so consider that because outside of the unmarried and you said you said it earlier, um, us, let's say that we were three bachelors mm-hmm. and we're paying four thousand dollars a month for a three bedroom, two bath home, condo, whatever. Um, maybe one of us has great credit and a great job. And you say, hey, let's let's reconvene. Let's say that we go get a super awesome condo downtown at the Spire or, or One Lincoln Park or the bank. Mm-hmm. Our payment would probably be the same, and we're smack downtown above yep. the bars and everything or Highlands or wherever we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go in. He's our landlord now. Mm-hmm. So there's different options you could take yes, within the mortgage realm. Absolutely. Now let's talk about title and how and why. So this is where I was going to ask Oscar this question. But when we're talking about so in, in this scenario, let's say, let's just take the, the scenario that only one of you can apply for the loan. Yep. Okay. You apply for the loan. Alicia applies for the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, she is now on title. In that case, it would be tenancy and severalty, which just means that 1%. at this point in time, if something happens, it just goes to her. Mm-hmm. If she wants to have a living will or anything else uh, in an agreement in place to transfer something to you, that's a separate document. That tenancy in severalty or how it's, it's, it's written on title is enforced at close. That doesn't mean that you can't change it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Oscar Multiple alluded, times. Oscar alluded to this, and the easiest way to do it is what's called a quick claim deed. Mm-hmm. And a quick claim deed essentially has Alicia filling out a form saying that she is deeding the house to you as her partner yep. and allowing you to come on title after it's closed without having to contribute financially from a bank statement Mm-hmm. standpoint right the bank yep. doesn't need to know that you weren't there it just now means that you're now on the title mm-hmm. at that point <clears throat> there's a couple of different occupations or tenancies so i don't know if you want to do it but there's two big ones when it's two people joint tenancy and tenancy in common right and um, before we get into the tenancy uh, um let's talk about there is some other things to take in consideration now you are part you're on title now the government is going to look at mm-hmm. that and you're you're liable for the taxes mm-hmm. so and then what is the ramifications of you now having this home that has value what are the tax ramifications um you know taxes are now tax deductible mm-hmm. and you have all that so talk to your cpa yep. um and every state is different but it does not cost a whole lot to do a quick claim deed it's like seven if you, if you take if, if you know a realtor their title company will take care of it everything mm-hmm. they have attorneys that'll draw it up all it's saying is I, Oscar, am allowing you to be on title with me. I sign it, not the other person. They uh, take it to, to a notary, or the title company has a notary, and then they take care of recording it. Mm-hmm. Now, another way of doing it is getting a quick claim deed from an attorney online, wherever you want to do it. Take it to your local bank or a notary. Sign it in front of the notary. They stamp it. You take it down to the county, and then pay whatever the recording fee. Sometimes it's like 10 bucks. Pay it, they record it, and now that's it. So a total, let's call it 25, 30 bucks max to record a quick claim deed. Super easy, super cheap. Just know the ramifications that come with it. There are pros and cons, Mm -hmm. more pros than cons, but there is that. Well, and the the biggest ramification when we're talking about unmarried individuals on title at the same time is if, and we'll use your example again, if Alicia is on title and you live with her and you are not on that title, and let's say she loses her job has to declare bankruptcy, has to sell the house, et cetera. There is no legal obligation tying you to that property whatsoever. Once you're on title, that's where the biggest ramification in my book Mm -hmm. is, is now you you have a legal interest in that property. Mm -hmm. And that is where if you're either a joint tenant, tenancy in common, 
if something does happen, let's say you guys break up, mm-hmm. right? There's no divorce lawyers that are going to say, hey, you owe this, that, and the other. But you still have some sort of liability to being on title specifically. Yes. Right. And, and, and then let's talk about the state laws too because let's say that she does buy the house, doesn't put you on title, and now you've been paying because she did lose her job and you take over payments. You've been paying for the last two years and she's like, you know what? This isn't working out. I'm out of here. And you're like, well, I've been paying this mortgage for some time. What are my my rights? Mm. Then you got to get an, an attorney and see what well, the state laws says. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, because both of you, you know, kind of in passing mentioned legally, lawyers, real estate agents have lawyers or you go to a lawyer. That right there is something that I want to drive home the most. If you are unmarried and you're even with, whether you're doing it with your friends or, or a significant other in a relationship, the most important thing that you can do is to contact a lawyer, whether it be through your real estate agent, whoever it is, but make sure that you, you're talking with a lawyer as you go through this. Because like we said, this could, this could happen really fast. Mm-hmm. That's Especially, a disclaimer. Right? Well, I mean, you, yeah. can, you can make it happen, <laughs> whatever, and you guys high five it and, there's yep. gonna, and then just deal with it later. Mm-hmm. But the disclaimer is if you want to know the, the correct ins and outs, talk to your real estate agent. And then if you want to go deeper, contact an attorney. Yeah. A absolutely. real estate attorney. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, we, we talked, we mentioned the finances. Come on back, Mike. <laughs> we mentioned the finances. And uh, that, you know, we talked about that as far as one person can get a mortgage. And that, that I think is something that is important to note is that the reason only one person can be um, liable for that mortgage is because you are unmarried. There is no legal document that's binding you two together as a single entity to the country, to the federal government. Whereas when you do it separately, you cannot, and this is what I want to emphasize, you cannot take both people's incomes mm-hmm. on that one mortgage because, again, you have no legal liability to the other. Mm-hmm. So well, it's one or the other when it comes to who's applying for the loan. And again, it's a lot more involved because in the United States, in here, and we're, we're gonna, I'm going to veer off a little bit, you do not have to be a legal citizen to purchase property here. Yep. As long as you have cash, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. This, this, as long as you pay the taxes, you're good to go. A lot of people buy condos near universities because their kids, foreign, foreign investors come in and or your kids going to, the, say, CU, you live out in Spain. You buy a condo there because it's cheaper. You pay your 30% tax or whatever it is. And then we, or when you sell it, done. As long as you do it with cash or, or a bank from your country. Now, the banks here within the states, the reason why it's so hard um, to purchase if, you, if you're not a U.S. citizen is because the bank is the only one on the lien and they want you to be on the hook for it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have no legal status here, you just leave and leave it alone and the bank's stuck with the property. Yep. That's why it's so hard. There's two different um, realms there. There's the, the realms and guidelines within the financing of purchasing a home, and then there's the state legal realm that binds you to the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to, to, to clarify, right, like the, the, the scenario we're using is a, a, a scenario where you have an unmarried couple and one maybe is in better financial shape to apply for a loan than the other one, yeah. so it would hurt. But you, you can still apply for a loan together mm-hmm. without being married, right? You yeah. can do that. Yep. You're just now you have legally binding to the bank so mm-hmm. that if something defaults, you guys break up, whatever it is. Now you're both legally obligated because you're both on the loan themselves. Yes. So that's why the difference between what's on title versus a loan, it's a very, very big difference. Mm-hmm. Title is the ownership of the home, but the loan documents are what ties you to who has right the first rights of the lien to the house itself. If you 
make more than the other person and you're both on the loan, that's where you would want to consult a lawyer or you know, a CPA set up something like an LLC so you can actually have a business partnership because let's mm-hmm. say, for example... I mean, that's a whole nother realm. Buy right. it under yeah. an LLC. Well, and exactly. But and that's the, one of the things yes. that... Yes. And yeah. the, reason, the reason I want to bring it up is because let's say you've got two domestic partners. One of them makes $150,000 a year. The other one makes $65,000 a year. They both apply for the loan because they're, they have good credit. They can apply for, you know, they can get higher limits, whatever. Well, in that scenario now, if one makes 60, the other makes 150 are you splitting the mortgage payment 60, 40, 70, 30? Mm-hmm. If it's a gentleman's agreement, there's nothing that protects you if something does go bad and you guys have to sell the house and the bank goes, okay, well, here's the deal. Like you have to sue the other person and we're going to, we're going to default. We're going to sell the house and this is how we're going to split the profits, right? Mm-hmm. If you do it under something like an LLC or you have a purchase agreement that outlines who's responsible there's a lot for more what work percentage with an LLC, a, right? But it, it insulates you a little bit and it allows you to define that partnership a little bit better yes. in case something does happen. Because if I've got somebody, if I'm paying on a $4,000 mortgage, I'm paying 3000 and my partner's paying 1000 then we break up and we decide to sell the house and they go, well, you know, I lived in this house, I contributed, I want 50% of the proceeds. Well, no, I was paying 70% of the mortgage. If that's not spelled out anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you want to get detailed it like that. It gets real ugly. Yes, LLC is the way to go. It gets yeah. real ugly. Exactly. And, and I mean, you said, I mean, come on, a gentleman's agreement. It's pride, man. Come on, that holds water a whole lot, at least in my world. Anyway, but yeah, no, in the, in the legal world, <laughs> it doesn't. Not, so, with a, not with a not with a lawyer or spited ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, so we talked about if one's the only one purchasing financially, um, and now where we were going to segue in the title, now let's talk about, and we'll go, go into title, um, if both parties buy it at the same time, and, and, and now you can still do it LLC, you're both on, on, on the loan, um, if you really want to get specific, because in an LLC, you could you have ownership, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the ownership percentage of what if we sell, this is what you're going to get. Right. Now, in, the, in, in title, they're still 50-50 or, or 100% each. So it doesn't matter if you're only paying 1000 the other person's paying 3000 When it's sold, it's still 50-50, which, again, consult an attorney because even if you're married, what does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's going to tie into everything, child support, everything, right? The housing and everything mm-hmm. uh, comes in. So the two major, the, t- the two tenancies are tenants in common and joint tenancy. Take one. I mean, joint tenancy basically means that there's a right of survivorship. So what that means is if something happens to the other party, then the other person in that joint tenancy gets half or gets the whole entity the whole boat. transferred to themselves, yep. right? Which, again, that is in the case of death or... Um, I mean, that's just pretty much death. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say like if it's uh, unforeseen power of attorney and you turn into a vegetable, right? And you can't make decisions. Like, yeah. Where does that go? Yeah. Pull the mm-hmm. plug so joint tenancy just means that if something that. happens to one party, the other party inherits whatever that asset is at a hundred percent. Right. Yep. Tenancy in common is it's a it. You're both going. You're both ownership equally. But if one of the parties passes away then their ownership goes on to their heirs. And again, if, if they don't have a living will, mm-hmm. probate time, and if they have kids, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, whatever they wanted to go to, good luck with that fight. That's going to get ugly. Right? Yeah. So yeah. joint tenancy, both on title. One passes away, the other one takes full ownership. Tenants in common, both on title. 
one passes away or something happens, then that portion doesn't go to the other surviving party. It goes to their errors. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and I think something that, you know, and, and this is all the technical stuff for, for everybody who's in real estate or looking, this can get a little over, overwhelming when we're throwing tenancy in common, you know, tenancy and civility and talking about loans and, and probates and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think one thing that, you know, we, we should talk about too is the importance of, you know, we said this relation, this topic's about relationships, but if you are preparing to do something like this, you know, Obviously, in a relationship, you should have com good communication. But even let's talk about, like I said, outside of an unmarried couple. Yeah, you and I going in a house. Yeah, exactly. What is that going to look like? Right. I, I mean, if I pass away, it's like you get everything. No, mm -hmm. I mean, well, I want my mom to get it. But right. even within a, a marriage and yeah. uh, let's say a marriage, mm -hmm. not even an unmarried couple, a marriage. Mm -hmm. Don't do not assume that they're going to go tenants, joint tenancy. Yeah. You know why? Because blended marriages. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have. Three kids, my wife has three kids, the Brady Bunch, let's go. Well, we both go in on this home. Now, let's say that she doesn't have the best relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want my kids to be out in the street yep. if, we, if, we, if I pass away. So we do tenants in common. If I go join tenancy, she gets full ownership. She keeps my kids out, and they're, they're on the streets. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in tenants in common, I pass away. Now, she's ownership, but I have a living will that if something were to happen to me, they have ownership of my property. Now, my kids are protected, and they could live in the home, too. Exactly. And, and what I was alluding to with that is, you know, so – and you always hear, you know, the love gurus, the relationship coaches talking about in any relationship, professional, personal, the most important thing is communication, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know – Obviously, no, the number one thing is attraction. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Then it's communication. Then it's communication. You've obviously yeah. not watched the Netflix special Love is Blind. <laughs> no. Nick I have, have, not. I have watched the Love Guru, though, and I know Shelby I watch, gives we me watch crap every about night. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But the, the reason I bring it up is because so I be think Be honest that, with the communication. Well, yeah, and, and that's what I mean is, and, you know, by no, by no means are we relationship coaches or anything like that, but from, from people who, you know us who deal with stuff like this and understand mm -hmm. how taxing the back end of this can be, if you have proper communication up front, and yeah, we all don't like sitting down and talking about things like, if I die, what happens? But these are the, these are the important conversations, especially when you're thinking about doing a transaction as big as a home purchase. If you guys are not able to sit down and have these conversations, I would say stop you're not and ready. slow down yep. and stop thinking about buying a property together because you're not ready for that commitment anyway. Because mm -hmm. if you can't talk about it beforehand, now imagine when you're both jaded, one of you is hurt, something happens, now you have to sit down and talk to each other about this ownership. How is that gonna go? On the, on the flip side of that coin, if you're not wanting to have those we're going to be married conversations, but you still want to move forward. Mm -hmm. Think about LLC. There's options. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Absolutely. Maybe not tenants common, not joint tenancy. Maybe we do it under LLC. That mm -hmm. way it's a business decision and you guys are still, yeah. you know, the safe. Way, the way that works, right, is if it's taken, if you buy a property with an LLC, which is not expensive to do. Right? And it's not uncommon. And it's not uncommon. Yep. But what is the tenancy default for an LLC buying a property? Common. Right? Yep. That's mm -hmm. it. But it's tenancy in common, but there's not another party. So you have the LLC that purchases the property yep. in tenancy in common or technically you can do tenancy in severalty if you want right. to. And right? then the LLC takes the separate over and, and piece of that is the partnership agreement. I think it is. I think, I think you 
brought up a great point. I think, I, and again, I haven't done one of these in a long time, but I think it is in, in several in teams several team. with it because with it's, the a one, it's one Correct. entity. Then that entity, you open it up because then with an LLC, you have mm -hmm. percentages, ownerships, yes. payouts, and now it um, sounds who like, does what. Yes, and it sounds like a, a much more business proposition. Yes. But it's clean. But we're, yes, and we're, and we're that's suggesting it because it's clean and it allows you guys. So again, I'll go back to the example. Let's say you got two people. You know I'm always going to be pro real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. But it goes, let's, Do say, it. let's say it goes back to two people that make very different amounts of money. They both want to be on the loan, right? But you want to make sure that there's no question and there's clarity on who pays what. You do it under an LLC. It's tenancy and servitude, which means the LLC is what owns the property itself. Mm -hmm. And then within that partnership, def those definitions, you can boil it down to the nth degree and say, okay, I'm going to pay 100%. this person's going to pay 62% of the mortgage. This person's going to pay 38%. Uh, utilities of A, B, and C are paid by party A. D, E, and F are paid mm -hmm. by party B. And then the beauty of it is you have this agreement mm -hmm. and it takes out the, I would call it like the angst of having those conversations mm -hmm. every single month because it's spelled out. And then mm -hmm. if something does happen, because let's be honest, right? I think it's 47% of marriages end in divorce. I thought it crossed 50. It could have crossed 50. I think it crossed 50. So let's say it's 50. That's marriages, legally mm -hmm. binding marriages with children. Wait, when did you say if a um, uh, marriage ends, it's going to be divorce anyway? Wait, what? If a marriage ends, it's going to be divorce. Yes. So yeah. 100%. Right. So yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is if that's the divorce rates of marriage, mm -hmm. now imagine these unmarried couples that are buying a house and experience all these different things. You don't, like we talked about, have legal mm -hmm. protection, but under an LLC, you can define, okay, if we decide to split and sell the property based on this, this is what you get, this is what you get. And if something does happen, more angst gets And time period, away. because yes. you said it, a, a jaded spouse, oh, I'm not going to sign those divorce papers. Mm -hmm. you, I'm not, because you're going to get everything. No, exactly. within the LLC, if and when stuff is breached, if one decides to sell, we have X amount of days to get it on the market, get it sold, mm -hmm. and we're done. So, um, and then understand that when you go into uh, get finance for this, you are equally on mm -hmm. the docket to pay. Yep. It doesn't matter who pays how much, the bank wants their money. Unless you Within have Within the LLC, mm -hmm. that's when you're like, okay, uh, so the bank's like, you're on the hook. Well, we have an LLC, so the courts will see the LLC, and these are the agreements we had. Yes, yes the payment is four grand, but mm -hmm. because of finances, we took it into percentage. I'm only paying fifteen hundred. You're paying the rest, um, and then from there, that at least you're covered as far as real estate bills. Whole different story. Well, even under even under real estate, right? Yeah, proceeds. You yeah, can proceeds say, hey, if, if they we sell. sell the house, yep. based on what we're paying, if we sell the house, proceeds. I'm gonna net sixty. Can you do of that proceeds. on a lease? You're gonna net forty. Nope. Can you do that at least? No. Nope. So you're more protected during to buy real estate if yes. you buy real estate. Just there's more options. Right. You, there's yes. more options for you to go in and be protected than just signing a lease together. Correct. And again, because a, a, a mortgage doesn't have a time period. Right. You could sell that biatch within two months. <laughs> right. As long as they're equity and at least you gotta ride that shit out for a year. But mm -hmm. it gets it gets it gets rid of the angst on the back end too if something does happen. Yep. And let's say you and Alicia break up after you guys bought this house and you but you have it defined, okay, we're going to sell the house and whatever proceeds we get, we're going to split 70-30. Mm -hmm. There's no question. There's no arguments. There's no, exactly. I'm going to go talk to my mom and you talk to your parents and everybody gets pissed off. It's like, hey, here's the deal. This didn't work. Let's sell the house, put it on the market. And, and it takes even the, proceeds, the family dynamic out of it. Exactly. Your mom's like, well, you're paying. No, mom, we had an LLC. This yes. was an agreement, so mm -hmm. chill out. I yep. cannot do anything else besides of what we yep. agreed and on. And people, I think, assume that something like an LLC 
limited liability company, I guess if we're doing definitions, uh, is complicated and is convoluted. It's not. It is there to protect people's interests. Mm -hmm. And if used in the right way, and again, always consult a CPA and a lawyer when you guys are considering this, we're just giving you guys one of the things that we think is extremely important if you're looking at purchasing Mm -hmm. as an unmarried couple, as two friends, whatever it looks like, because it protects both parties. It gets rid of any angst. It gets rid of any worry. And in the event things go sideways, there's less to deal with emotionally and financially. And within that, it, you could, you know, what are the obligations? You know, you right. have you have to have a, an agent and then you have to have the ownerships are in there. Mm-hmm. So you could even divvy that up and it, it doesn't have to be complicated. You could make it as simple as possible or as detailed as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just have it as Charlie and Elisa LLC, Elisa LLC. Yep. And then I pay this much, you pay that much, the rest, whatever. Yep. So you can make it as detailed and who's, who's going to be the signer, who's yep. going to be keeping it up, and then you pay a $25 a year to upkeep your, your, your LLC, business name yeah. or whatever. Yep. So it, there's more options within real estate. And again, there's going to be more legal size. So we're just giving you the basics. It's a disclaimer. We're not attorneys. There's more to look at, but there's more options that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and again, we don't, we, we, well, we don't want to see Charlie and Lisa divorce <laughs> or, or split up. We want to see this marriage. Uh, whenever it That's comes right. to it, I'm going to give make them sweat right now. So hopefully no within it. No, no I'm just kidding. No, but it, it, is, something, it, it is something to look into. And yeah. again, I'm always going to be pro real estate because uh, within a lease, you have very limited um, detail of what's going to happen. Within real estate, you could down to the T. Well, well within a lease, you can't make any money. Well, yeah. No, well, at the end of the day, you can't make money. You're stuck paying something for a year. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it's going to go on credit. They're going to come after exactly. you and all this and other stuff. And I think stuff. That's, a, that's a great point with it is, you know, the whole reason we talked about this topic is because everything going around right now, and if you talk to anybody, it's impossible to buy a house. It's, the, the, the housing market is so terrible, it's not possible for many people. We, wanna, we talk about this because when times get tough, we get creative, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what we have to do. And at the end of the day, yes, it, it could be a little bit more painful emotionally. It could be a little bit more taxing, taxing mentally to discuss things like this without having that certificate of marriage, but you still have options. And that's the whole point of talking about this topic is we are. We, we are in a position where if you want to buy a home, if you want to own an asset as, and property, you have to come up with creative ways, learn how to compromise. And I'll tell you what, if you're able to talk to a significant other or a friend about something like a purchase this big, that'll solidify a, a relationship yeah. or a friendship right there. I mean, if you're going to do it traditionally, I have a girlfriend, we want to buy a house together. Hell no, that's a horrible idea. But if you talk to the right agent, yep. okay, here's how you protect yourself. And yes, it's a great idea because let's say you and Alicia want to buy something. Mm-hmm. But you're like, all right, well, you know, finances are a little crazy. You want to be in on it. Hell, go find the friend that you're roommates with. Find a duplex. Yep. He could still live by himself. We're neighbors, but mm-hmm. you're not living together. Yep. You know, Alicia take one unit. He takes the other unit. Buy it under LLC. Mm-hmm. Boom. You guys own something. Yep. And then divvy up the percentages. And exactly, and and that's a, and honestly, that that's what we've talked about. I, I moved out here with uh, two two of my best friends that you know I grew up with and I knew very well. And same thing happened. We lived in a house. Each one of them wanted to move out and live on their own. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. But now the conversation is, hey man, I can save you some money on your rent. I have the ability to do this. You'd be helping me gain an asset. And if you want, we can talk about split if we sell. We can talk about co ownership and stuff like that. But Yet again, it's like a timeshare. Op- yeah, but opportunities and, and options, right? And and that's where, unfortunately, we, we are going to have to start doing stuff like that. And why you see this number creeping up. And honestly, when when you when we saw the, these these reports and and the articles come out, I was not surprised at all. 
that this is that this is where it's tailoring towards. Here's the other one, right? What, what, uh, what percentage my, of unmarried couples right now in the United States live with their parents? Couples living with one of the sets. Of parents. Holy crap! What's couples. The hell, I'm man. A, I I don't know. I'm I'm from the old school. My mom would be like, yeah, "Hell no, you're married. You gotta go get somewhere to live." But well, I understand that's how they do it in Sinaloa. I'm <laughs> it's not even Sinaloa. I'm Stop the, talking about I'm, Sinaloa, man. They that one of the rappers say, got in trouble for that for the, the cartel. I would say more than not from more Sinaloa. than twenty eight percent. Okay. Uh, couples that live with their parents. Ugh, that's a tough one for me because I I, I don't I don't view it that way. I want to say about ten percent. City. 60 60 percent holy crap Ooh. let's get you out of that basement into your own place right? but again but to your point you know Three like in five what, what i want my mind's still dude, i have a dad's basement i have an mm -hmm. unsettled mind so I'm, I'm here but my mind's like doo, 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 doo. Right. when you said <laughs> when i came to colorado I, I i thought you were gonna be like i came to colorado with five dollars in my pocket in a dream <laughs> yep close to it so <laughs> No, seven. <laughs> We're doing it, baby. I, we need to get we need to get you out of your parents' house. There's a way to do it. There's mm -hmm. a way financially to do it. If you're uh, financially, <laughs> we'll get creative. But as far as if you're already together, you're living in someone's house. That's more of a commitment than getting sent, into a mortgage. I sent Jameson a video of it, but somebody did, and there's an agent that did some really good marketing near my apartment complex. Oh yeah. Right as you're coming out, there's a little there's a little street sign, and full credit. I, you probably won't see this, but full credit to you. It said. Wu-Tang is forever, uh, renting renting is not. And I was like, that's how you hit a demographic right there. That's good stuff. But so neither is mortgages. Right? You know what? Like but your, 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 your renting is at least a year, six months to a year, mm -hmm. unless you're VRBO in it, which that's stupid. Yep. Um, a year. Your mortgage, try to break a, a one-year lease. Yep. You want to break a mortgage? Sell that thing tomorrow. Yep. There is no prepayment penalties anymore. Mm -hmm. So just, Very to, just to make people feel better about themselves, like a, a couple of statistics here around. Just right, like, let's, let's wrap it up with the statistics. Yeah. So typically the un, the average unmarried couple that are trying to buy a home together for the first time are age 32 with a combined income of $72,500. And these shoppers, <coughs> millennials, right, are more <laughs> likely to receive loans or gifted money from friends and family by about 5%. So if you are in that boat, one, don't be afraid to ask for help. So say psychologically alone, that's awesome. Two, <laughs> understand that you're not behind, ahead, whatever. It's just whatever your time is, whenever it's ready, it's ready. Yeah. But that being said, understand that there are options and ways to do it both from a creative financial standpoint and then in tow of that, ways to protect you and your partner's interests so that if something horrible does happen, it's as smooth of a transaction as it possibly can be. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. Next yep. stat. Next stat, man. I don't. What, what kind of stat you want, bro? I mean, I saw. I think I saw one that was pretty interesting as far as married couples and unmarried couples. How, how, and where they're saving, the rate that they're saving, and, and where they're saving. Right. So, from if I remember the in graph, this economy, right, there is no savings. We talk about right. Well, but no, and, and it's exactly to your point. But what it showed was a graph of, and I'll see if I can put it up, a graph of where unmarried couples are, are saving money versus where married couples are saving money. Okay. And the unmarried couples were, I, in each category, whether it's groceries, whether it's going out, um, with, you know, out to eat, or if it's a Oh, he's talking about like from a financial sacrifice yeah, standpoint? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I exactly. got you, I got you, I got you. Okay. So the statistic there then is um, that, oh man, I gotta find it. I just and where it. are we pulling these stats from? Uh, the stat man. The stat man. Yeah. Stat James man. Stat man. Stat man. <laughs> no, this is actually from the National Association of Realtors. Yeah. Okay. Um, 46% made financial sacrifices, unmarried versus married. Okay. Mm -hmm. The difference is, so when you take make sacrifices, 
or made no sacrifices, 46% of unmarried made, or sorry, unmarried couples, 46% made no sacrifices. Married couples, 64% made no sacrifices. Mm -hmm. But by and large, where the sacrifices are happening are non-essential goods spending, entertainment, going out, movies, dinner, whatever, spending on clothes. Mm -hmm. And then the big one is uh, minimum payments on bills, which that's dangerous. Yes. And took a second job. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so even, even when, and the reason I brought that up is because even when you, you partner up, right, and you are an unmarried couple, you still have to, again, communicate in areas on how can we make this work together, mm-hmm. right? With a marriage, a lot of the times, and, and I know I'm not married, but a lot of the times you have joint accounts, right? You mm-hmm. guys share accounts. You both have a card that goes into it. Hell no. <laughs> I like it, Oscar. I like it. We don't. But I'm saying a lot of the I don't we have We have clear communication. I don't yeah, either. We, exactly. we, do, we do have one joint account, but because I run a business, I run my real estate, mm-hmm. I have my business accounts, I have my own checking account. She has. She does run a small business. It's a natural skincare, uh, Lit and Fink, but it's uh, it's her own deal, yep. and she has her own personal. And I mean, we have. An, I mean, we're we're different. We have a different money blueprint. Yeah. Um, I grew up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Made something of myself. She grew up with a pretty effluent family, and to her, she really, you know, she had her own struggles, but it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. So with that said, we have a different money blueprint. Yeah. So I'm. I'm a saver and a spender in a different way. She's a spender, sometimes saver. Mm-hmm. So if I put 10 grand in her personal checking account, that shit's going to Target. <laughs> All of it. Tomorrow. That's so great. we so have... So many brushed silver frames. And she, but, she, but we had that commun- communication, <laughs> exactly. right? She's like, you know what? I'm the one that primarily pays for everything. It's not that she can't. I'll get, she has... Every credit card that I have, she has. Mm-hmm. Building her credit, all that stuff. But so where, if she needs to, she'll do it. Where I was but when it, comes, when, when it comes with money, if she needs a certain amount, I'll just dump it in there and she'll tell me for what, and she's okay with yeah, that. Yeah, but where I was going with that is when you're married, obviously you've already come to that conjunction of, hey, we are a couple. We're doing this together. We made this commitment. So yeah, a lot I'm of the be time. Surprised that, uh, well, that yes, you have a very but, vague way of what marriages are, Charlie. But, Maybe you're <laughs> not ready for at, this shit. At a, at a, at a low expectancy of, of what a marriage should be, yeah. right? A lot of the times, you, it's easier to track money coming in, money coming out. When you are unmarried, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, again, you don't have the obligation of showing them your income. So that's why a lot of the time I think these numbers are with unmarried couples, they're saving more or, or in certain areas they're, they're making those sacrifices because they, you know, they are managing their own money. And it's not, it's not hey, what, do, what does your account look like or, or what's in your account? Or, hey, I know this bill is coming up. How much do you have? What do I have? It's more or less, hey, I'm covering my stuff. You're covering your stuff. Cool. I can make some sacrifices here. I can make some sacrifices mm-hmm. here. And now both of our incomes are being affected at, at a certain level that we control versus, again, marriages. A lot of the time, they're more, a little bit more cohesive than just unmarried couples. So they're having those communications around money a little bit more frequently and more of an understanding of what's coming in and coming out. Um, That's a wild west at my house. <laughs> yeah, we but, don't, I don't have joint accounts. But, but again, it's... it's and, and again, it's... It's personal preference. Yes. It's personal preference. Yeah. I mean, I, again, have, and, and, Venmo. And, and, and Venmo, exactly, yeah. Caveat, caveat on that one is my wife does isn't restricted. Yeah. It's wild west. She gets to spend what the hell she wants without ramifications of anything. I mean, because that's if another I, great point. If I, if I allow it, it's happening, so it's all good. It's another great point. Sharing you know? money has become I'd rather exponentially have it. easier. I 
personally rather have that way because yeah. she has none of the financial stresses. Mm-hmm. I make sure I take care of all the bills. We have a certain spending amount, and she gets to do what the hell she wants with it. I never restrict what she can or cannot do as long as it's part of that, but that's part of my financial um, structure of how I run my things. Hell yeah. Hey, so well, here's another statistic why we're talking about this right. and why I think it's going to continue to be a problem. Not okay. a problem. A trend. You said problem. Well, <laughs> it could be a problem, I guess, 52% of the time. <laughs> a trend because of where housing prices and affordability are not going to go. Mm-hmm. They did a recent survey under John Burns Research and Consulting, which they do some phenomenal work. Um, they have done this survey over the last seven to 10 months. And they have found that essentially 71% of prospective home buyers who plan to purchase their next home with a mortgage said they will not accept a rate above 5.5%. Likewise, homeowners are nearly twice as willing to sell their home if their mortgage rate is 5% or higher. That's the tipping point. So in 2027, mm. people are going to be... Correct. So what we're going to see <laughs> is we are going to see that this isn't going to change. And in order for it to make sense, one person taking on a 7.5% mortgage versus two people able to take on a 7.5% mortgage is going to be a driving factor because at the end of the day, people are going to get sick of renting continually. Mm-hmm. It, like I just said, the average age is 32, right? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm tired of worrying about putting holes in my walls, well, man. Well, and, the, <laughs> and the thing is, it, that, that percentage kind of sucks because at the end of the day, okay, when are you going to do it? And when is it beneficial that you're not taking that 5.5%? Yep. Because you're taking a loss either way. Yeah. So if you're you're renting, you're taking a loss. If you take the 7%, it might not be that big of a loss. This goes back to our our previous like smart money episode, right? If you guys are in this position and you're an unmarried couple that's looking to potentially purchase within a year, okay? Right now, I think I saw a couple of CDs that are sitting at Mm 6.5%. If you have $10,000 that you're saving for a down payment and it is sitting in your checking account and you don't need it and you're using it to save for a down payment... Pull that shit out, put it in a one-year CD, and let it gain a compound 6.5%. Because remember, like, yeah, you can get, what is it, $600 is on 10000 but it's yep. compound interest. So it's 6.5% every 30 days. Keep it in there until you're ready to use it. Because all it's going to do is just grow a little bit more money. The right. greatest put invention in place together. Uh, and, Albert and, Einstein, the greatest invention of mankind. Compound interest. Compound and, interest. And, you know, the bigger the risk, the bigger reward. There's other vehicles out there. Yeah. Sure. And, and how, how much you want to put in to let it ride. But at the same time, when it comes to financing, it's subjective on what, what's smart, right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people look at it. When it comes to your money, you don't want to look at it just numbers, right? I mean, I earned that. And, then, oh, it hurts. But that's taken considering la- uh, lending right now. You would think no one's refinancing, right? Right. Hell no. You'd be crazy to refinance. If you have a four four and a half interest rate, I'm not going to refinance. You know what lenders are doing? They're taking consideration your credit card interest, mm-hmm. which is stupid high. Refinance, get a 7%. You're saving $500 a month. Just don't go into debt again. Again, it's subjective on what is a smart financial move to do. Mm-hmm. It, it is smart because you are saving money, but how you look at interest rates and your income and how you're going to spend it and how you're going to pay is very subjective on how your emotions are going to feel about that. Absolutely. I put right. every single one of my tax dollars that I owe for this year in a CD. Yep. I have a money market account. Yep. Like, why not? 
I, I, um, I don't even go a CD. I, money market account gets you better than than any savings, right? Well, it, just, I mean, it depends on. And I mean, we right. could, it could be real bad this winter. But we could we could break it down and then talk about all all the different ways. And you know, go check out our creative financing yes. um, episode like episode thirty. Uh, but I think I think this is this is this is a good time because it kind of feels like we're wrapping up, moving to our yeah. one rock takeaway. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off just to give you guys a little bit little bit of time to format your own. But um, my one rock takeaway for today's episode is communication is if you are deciding to do something like this where you're going in with a partner a friend you're in uh, in an unmarried relationship communication 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 and transparency because this is again the largest thing largest purchase you're probably ever going to make in your life so take the time and and sit back be honest open up as much as you can and say hey these are my fears these these are my hopes and really lay it out on the table because if you don't do that going into a, a transaction like this, it's only going to get ugly if something goes south. Whether that be a money. friendship, right? Whether that be a friendship or a relationship, communication is key. Know what you want out of it, what, what you want to you know, get with it, and just be open with the communication. Um, real estate has options. Don't think that just because you're not married or... You know, that's a big commitment. A real estate could be a two-month commitment. A lease is going to be a one-year commitment. Mm -hmm. Now, is a two-month commitment going to be smart? Probably not, but you have your outs. Real estate has tons of options. Make sure that you talk to your local realtor, real estate agent about it. Um, if you're wanting to invest or go into it with a partner, whether it's a, a, a significant other or a group of friends, uh, you could set it up to where there's not going to be those ugly conversations. Mm -hmm. This is what we want. This is what we want to get out of it. But at the time that you're going to sign, make sure that's what you want. So real estate has options. Don't limit yourself to saying, Hey, you know what? We're renting because I'm not married or I can't put it together. Uh, the number one reason for divorces in the United States is what? Money. Finance. Cheating. Mm -hmm. No, it's number three. No. Mm -hmm. Finances. No, you know what? Polyamory. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> just because you keep saying that it, it all ends in divorce, and it's like to me, it's like, yeah, that's only that, because if I die, she's still married to me. God damn, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can't move on. You can't move on. <laughs> I'm gonna haunt you. I'm just kidding. Uh, so just kidding. It's finances, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's for marriage. Hundred percent. So that's when it gets ugly. From a domestic relationship, it's even more to to Charlie's point. So I think I'm mean, gonna piggyback off the communication side of it. Um, I, I think that, you know, my biggest thing is in real estate in general, don't be afraid to get creative. Like there are rules and regulations in place to make buying real estate beneficial. And there's a reason that no matter who you talk to and pick a financial guru on any social media platform, mm -hmm. anybody in the history, uh, I'm, I'm reading the science of, of uh, getting rich right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one was uh, Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. right? Um, any book, self-help book, every single one of them in some way, shape, or form will mention real estate, right? Yep. Because... I like Think and Grow Rich. That's, it's great. It's a great one. But oh. it's because... So let's say I want to I own a business. Mm -hmm. And my business is, I don't know, shout out Chris Walters. It's going to be escape rooms. What do I need to put an escape room in? Real estate. Mm -hmm. I want to open a restaurant. Real estate. I want to buy a parking lot. Real estate. I want to buy RV storage. Real estate. All of it ties into real estate. You Options. Can, you can do very few things in life from a business and success standpoint. If you want to own something without having some sort of foot into real estate. So don't be afraid as an unmarried couple 
to dive into that realm because mm-hmm. I am extremely pro real estate. Just understand that there are things that you can put in place in the back end to protect both parties in case something goes bad, and that way you guys don't get right. And fucked. and again, the option of doing it with someone else that, that you're not married. At least when you're married, you know, it's like man. Hopefully, you love the person, and there's like uh, the emotional part of it. When you're just dating, or if it's just a friendship, that emotional part's out. We're gonna get down to business. 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 Exactly. What's yours? Exactly. What's mine? What have you paid? There are ways to structure. Think and grow rich together. Together. Yes. (laughs) Together. Well, uh, I'll tell you guys why. I mean, this was this was almost a surprise topic for us, you know. But I, I think. It, it plays so well into what's going on in the market right now and, and, and how it's moving. And our culture. And, and the culture, exactly, exactly. Because As Americans. Like we said, I mean, in 1985. And Dude, I didn't even mention this. Like, my sister's a perfect example. Yeah. She's been with her boyfriend for nine, ten years. Holy crap. They own two properties in Chicago, yep. one of which is a $1.7 million condo Hell right yeah. on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're not married. They have no plans of getting married whatsoever, but they have worked out their relationship mm-hmm. They understand what each other, and they bought it with an LLC. But see, so that, they're both protected, and now they own three, four, five million dollars worth of real estate in two different states. That, but that's the perfect marriage yep. too. Yep. I mean, it, you don't have to like be old school about your marriage. No, I mean, there's tons of marriages that are people that I know, and, and even in mine, we have we have certain agreements mm-hmm. within our marriage, mm-hmm. and that's what holds marriages together. Exactly. In their case, they have their agreements, and that's why their relationship. And I think a relationship yes. is more important than yes. a marriage. A and marriage is just a a title, a relationship a is a piece of paper important. with some tax benefits. Yeah, and 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 and, 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 and a relationship is actually the meats and bones of yes, it, whether yes. you're married or not. Right. An agreement that you guys have, I, I know, I trust me, I know some pretty weird relationships, but it works for them because they have their agreements yep. and they stand and by. And we it. say it very often. And I love that. Do, I love agreements. Do what's right for you mm-hmm. in all aspects of life. Yep. I don't care what the structure says, what your family says. If it's right for you at that time and you feel confident in in your thought. Move do on it. it, do it, because it's right for you, right? Yep. Um, again, great, great conversation over a topic that kind of chase your up, dreams, right? That nobody, chase your dreams. Nobody. But I think now is a great time to move into mountain, the Bourbon Review. And I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I know both of your your glasses are empty right now. What? But it I, opened up, didn't it? It opened. It up. opened up. It definitely it like it honestly, opened up in my belly. <laughs> 40, 41 bourbons at this point, right? And we always let them sit. We open them. We pour them. I was going to say, I want to taste it open. Dark. Right? But we have an option. Yeah, we do. Thank you, JC. Uh, and this one, to me, out of all 41, has opened up and changed characteristics more than any other one. That the, It's kind of maple-y on the, the nose. Yeah, the aftertaste that oh, wow. I initially got, completely Complete, Well, even yeah. now, completely like different. Right when we first took a sip. It was kind sip, of fishy for me at the right? beginning. Mm-hmm. Right when we took a sip, the first time I was like, oh, there's now nothing there. Now it's way there. sweeter. Yep, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. And now it's immediately, you take the sip, the burn gives way immediately to spices. Yep. yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer of the neck pour. Who the hell got the neck pour? I did. You did. Mm-hmm. So you got, you got the most harsh. Yes. Yep. But that, that aftertaste, like I, it, almost, it almost tasted like light chlorine, like chlorinated yeah, yeah, water. Yeah. And yeah. I was and getting, I was the getting aftertaste, a, like sitting yep. on the back of the tongue. And I was getting fishy. Yes, aftertaste. but now it's just, it's a little bit of burn, nice and smooth, maple mm-hmm. on the back end. Yeah. That, uh, like I said, this, for, for, out of all the ones that we've tried, this one has opened up the most. And it's funny because right when we took a, the first sip of it, I was like, 
in my head, I was like, this is a small batch? Like, Jameson, what the fuck what, did you what, buy? Is it like, but, it's like, man, just trust the process. Be Joel and, and me. Yeah, trust I mean, the process. Even the nose opens up. The sweet notes came out. Get way more of those spices. And on the sip, I mean, just the, the spice forward is mm-hmm. so great. And then it, it, it just, just melts. It does. Yeah, it falls. Yep. It gives way. Can I give a weird description mm-hmm. um, taste? I would say that it's opened up to a... Hold on, before I say it. If you say fresh cut grass. <laughs> I mean, it, it a cucumber saltwater taffy. Okay. That is so oddly specific. Light. But no, it's, I get it. I also light. haven't had cucumber saltwater taffy since I lived in Virginia Beach. And now I miss saltwater taffy because it used to be one you of can't my find favorite the good stuff here. Thing. No, it's you have to go to the coast. Mm-hmm. Like we used to have it on the Virginia Beach boardwalk, or we go down to like uh, Nags Head, yeah, uh, in North Carolina, and they would sell it there. Oh mm-hmm. my god, so good. Well, I mean, and for me, it's but even, yes, you know what? I, I'll I'll give you the saltwater taffy portion. I don't know about the cucumber. It's no, kind of the earthy. I get. Well, I was gonna yeah. say I get where you're saying cucumber because. It's it's that it's a light element refreshing yeah. of yes okay refreshing greeny yeah kind of and then saltwater taffy yeah, yeah. that's why I get it and I, I mean, mean dude I'm not cucumber, completely crazy cucumber jalapeno margaritas are my favorite mm-hmm. because they're oh yeah oh, mm-hmm. they're delicious mm-hmm. yeah yep absolutely I mean anything on a, in a summer if you do watermelon or cucumber in a cocktail you're, yeah you're gonna and win. basil uh, yep. Yep. I mean you're come on yep. you're gonna love it yep but yeah this this I mean it total the the rock rating for me changed completely trust trust. The process. Trust the process. Trust the yeah, process. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. It's sponsored by what the hell I think it, also, about. it yep. also is super funny to me because when I first started drinking bourbon, I probably could not have pinned down the difference between my first pour and like no. the third pour an hour later, mm-hmm. saying that it opened up and some different things, yeah. but you don't realize like the oxidation mm-hmm. as it sits there. It, 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 the it, release of the ethanol, it, everything. Everything, you and know, it changes that flavor profile. You know why I couldn't? Because I would have been on like my fifth pour within well, yeah. ten minutes. Well, and I will still say, although it did open up and the flavors are more prevalent, I would still not put a drop of water in it. No, I, no. Would, I feel like it would it would it's take away enough, the growth. It's got enough, just enough character. It does yeah. it on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. What and the like, water's going to do to it, it does it on its own. It's definitely a little bit more for me. It's a little bit more dry on the back end as it sits, but it's a dry sweet. Like it, it's almost like this has a little bit higher of a, of a rye mash. Yeah. With the bite that you have on your well, tongue afterwards, and every, because it's very small batch, batch, the the barrels they use have different mm-hmm. uh, mash bills. Yes. So everything's all all the bottles are going to be. I'm going to agree with different. the dry, yeah. dry clean is what yeah. I would describe. So do you it. guys yeah. want to know the price now or later? I'll take it now. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? Let me let's give the rating and then okay. then okay. we'll be like right. shit. So I started with the one rock takeaway. Who wants to take the the rock rating? I'll do it. Um, I'm going to give it. Well, sitting actually, no, I know the price. You go. Um. You're just gonna get blown away when you say it was ten dollars. <laughs> you know, it's it's not my it's not my wheelhouse, but it's good. Um, I if I like it, I'm gonna be favorable to like. I feel bad giving it a bad rating. Um, I can't be too critical on it. I don't know the price. Uh, I'm gonna say four and a half. Okay, all right. It I, I like that you said that. You know, and I'm I'm not as fearful as being critical of it, but. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hop up a full point and go five and a half. Okay. Only because for me, you know, and we talked about that in the And it's in the good. It, it's yeah, and, and that's the whole thing is it's not bad, but small batch, especially combining four different barrels, I feel like there should be yes, it opened up, but I feel like there should be a bit more complexity to it. I feel like even on the I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to let this open. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't a lot at least from the first pour that we did, 
if I'm having this with friends, if I'm having this with, with people who know bourbon, they're going to they're gonna take that first sip and be like, this is water. This, you know, there's no flavor to it. What was that company that, that one of the bourbons that we tasted that it was a woman? Um, and, uh, oh, she would, yeah. she would She would go and just grab a bunch of different barrels and mm-hmm. then just you know, mix them. I can't remember, but I, I know exactly what you're talking It's the woman-owned business, the, the, the first Yeah, and she was distillery. like from Ireland or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, well, that no, was there's, good. There's I'd like to one of them was, a, was the master distiller was a woman. Right. Yeah. And this that w- one was one. The other one was Uncle Nearest. The purchase, no. So there was a, she was a purchaser, wasn't she? Uh, or yeah, distiller. Yeah, that was... Um, F- Five Fist or Fist of something. Yeah. I'd like to know That's what we rated that to we're going to rate yeah. this because yeah. I think this is why that would be... Yeah. This, would, yeah. this would be a good matchup. This is yeah, why we need I think. that. The, yeah, the I definitely gear, the top gear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think that this this lends itself very very well to a high quality cocktail. Mm-hmm. Honestly, no matter what you make it, especially after it opens up and now you add some of those flavors in, and it probably complement this a little bit. But again, we drink all of the bourbons neat here. As a neat, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with five and a half just because it doesn't it doesn't have the complexity. It does it up front, um, and I don't. I want to open a bourbon and know know what I'm drinking, know the flavor, rather than having to baby it and wait and, for it and wait for it. Because a lot of the time, I mean, we sit here for an hour. I had this open for an hour. I didn't re-pour. I had one pour, and the I'm sorry, but who who who's gonna drink bourbon and let let yeah. it sit for an hour? Yeah, you know. Not um, I. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a five and a half. So what if I told you guys the price? Okay, thirty two bucks. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, it'd probably take me to a four. <laughs> it would take me down to a four and a half. Yeah. It was 32 bucks. Yeah. That's a damn good price for this. Especially if you put it in a decanter. Correct. Now, let me ask you. Uh, and flavor, it's an easily refillable decanter because it's 32 bucks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Flavor profile wise, um, would you take this over larceny? So that was what I was going to compare it to. Mm-hmm. I say yes. Really? I, I would take it over larceny. I, I, so larceny is a different, like, I just want to drink, take a pour, and it's my wheelhouse. That's the only reason I would take larceny yeah. over this, because they're, they're priced about the same, but, and about the same proof, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just... I just think larceny has more the, flavor. Uh, yeah, flavor-wise for me, that, has, that, for my palate. It has more sturdiness of a flavor. See, I think bourbon. this is more sweet-forward than larceny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which, that's my flavor profile, is mm-hmm. sweet. So I, I enjoy this more than Larson. I would pay the extra, what is it, $3? Yeah, 5 bucks. Yeah. So if, if, it was, if either of these were on the shelf, I would go this okay. over Larson. Um, but that's, that's me. That's, I, I think it's – I think Larson is bolder. My calling. I got to use the restroom. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I do pee. think that this has a little bit more flavor profile than Larson does. Larson yeah. is just more of a bourbon drink as well. Well, and it's okay. weeded, right? Yeah, yes. It, the, yeah. the, the flavor profile is a lot right. different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. But – Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Actually, Jim, so you didn't give a rock rating. You didn't give a number. Oh, uh, four and a half. Four and a okay. half. Yeah. Awesome. Four Perfect. Um, Solid. Yep. So four and a half, four and a half, five and a half, four and a half for me, four from Oscar with the price point. But I, I think that, again, great episode. Jameson, thanks for grabbing the bottle, um, recommending yes. the topic. And guys, remember, you can follow us on YouTube at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. And you can get in contact with us at any time. Our lines are open 24-7. Uh, it comes to all of our phones, and we have the opportunity to talk to you. You can also reach out via email, resotr at themilehighperspective.com, or give us a phone call. 303-578-0263. Hit up the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie said, it's Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. You can search us on, on YouTube. 
and you know, give us some topics, things that are burning in your head about questions you would want to ask. We love taking questions from viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you guys do are watching this and something pops up, let us know. Uh, and then social media wise, we're all over social media like everybody should be. Oscar, where, where can they find you? OscarTheRealtor.com, OscarTheRealtor, OscarTheRealtorCO. Boom. That lifting agent, Instagram, and tickety talk. Tickety talk. Tickety talk. We're going to make on some tickety talkies. <laughs> tickety talkies. Uh, the Colorado Real Estate Guys, my website. It's also where you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. We look Hopefully forward to is, uh, catching you guys next week. Yeah, this is Absolutely. helpful for you guys. Absolutely. Leave some comments. Let us know what you want us to drink. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.